I masturbate. Doesn't everybody? Why do you have dog biscuits in your pocket? <laughs> the things you care about are useless where we're going. It's under the Silver Lake. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Michael. And I am Dave. And oh, fuck yeah, we have a special guest. It is Showtime. Now, Showtime, you are many things, but most importantly, you're the bastard that I referenced way back in our Uncut Gems episode in season one that promised me a bag of Skittles leading to me breaking my leg and ankle. (laughs) Besides that, though, you are a rapper, you're a podcaster, you're a twitcher, you're just an all-around sexy motherfucker, but tell us a little bit about all that you do, friend. Like you said, I'm an all-around sexy motherfucker. You're right. (laughs) Uh, No, but I... I you know, I've been doing rap music for a long time. I have some some recordings of Mike doing raps with me. So if you guys ever want to hear that, I can send those out to the to the community at large. I have some of those recordings, too, and I definitely don't want them. I'm in a <laughs> uh, I'm in a band called Joe Grizzly. We've been a thing for like 10 years. Uh, Mike was on the ground floor of that. He'll probably yep. shy away from that, but he was he was there. No, I'm not. Why would I shy away from it? It was amazing, but go on. Because you were the coolest one. Uh, I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm currently a partner at the Zen Den Studio here in downtown Fitchburg. So uh, if anybody needs any multimedia uh, recording, we also have a great green stage and a black box theater. So come and see us at the Zen Den. And like you were saying, I, uh, I'm a Twitch streamer as well. Young Coffee. That's Young Coffee. Three, three, the E's are threes. Mm-hmm. You should check us out. We do a live show every Monday. It's the YDD show. I'm show. My partner's YDD. Oh, yeah. By the way, Mike, YDD said that he's upset you didn't invite him on the show because he really be watching movies like that is what he said. We were saving him for his own spot on a later episode. Ah, uh, got it. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. I'll let him know. Well, yeah. So uh, <laughs> thank you guys for thank you guys for having me. Thank you for watching this bonkers movie or at least the the ends of it. I'm glad you mentioned that. That is what we're here to cover today. It is under the Silver Lake. And if the middle is anything like the end, it is bonkers is the best word to describe it. Absolutely out of control. I can't even imagine what happened between the 15 minutes that we watched on either end. <laughs> now, show I have to ask, when you watched this, were you high? And, and I say that because I think this thing was made to be consumed while under the influence. Mike, I do everything high. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always high. <laughs> it's a good secret, but it's out of the bag. Uh, yeah, this movie, this movie is insane. It came out in 2018, written and directed by David Robert Mitchell and stars Andrew Garfield and Elvis Presley's granddaughter, Riley Keough. It's Elvis Presley's granddaughter, guys. Fun fact. It did doo-doo butter at the box office, and it only has a 59 on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has since developed a cult following, due in part because apparently there's a bunch of codes and ciphers throughout the movie, which, as a lost guy, is right up my alley. And gee golly, is this thing weird. Fellas, let's dive into the recap. Yeah, let's definitely get this stupid thing started. We open up with a few colored screens with some like animal drawings, kind of logo style in the middle of them. There's a green screen with a unicorn, a lime screen with a tiger, a pink screen with a cobra, and a blue screen with a lion. 
So who knows what the fuck that's all about. We're then transported to what looks like a, a diner or something like that. A girl is scrubbing Beware the Dog Killer off of the front window that was drawn on there. Looks like some graffiti or something along those lines. Andrew Garfield is here and he's just kind of standing awkwardly in the middle of a group of people looking rather disheveled and staring at a girl or a group of girls back in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. We learn he's in L.A. Because he picks up an L.A. Weekly as he walks down the street and he walks through some woods to his apartment and he's just walking along a path in his apartment and a squirrel falls out of a tree above him, lands about a foot in front of him. And then as it's dying, bloody on the sidewalk, looks up at him awkwardly. And that's that scene. <laughs> yeah, my record is three squirrels in one day. I killed them bitches on accident, though. It wasn't it wasn't like on purpose. <laughs> but three separate times they ran out in front of my car and I just couldn't stop. What's your record? One, I guess. <laughs> You've never killed any squirrels? Wow. I don't wow. recall killing more than one squirrel in a day. <laughs> I feel like that's something I would remember. Okay. So I was parking a truck on the grass. Uh, this mm. is a double kill because I ran over a clutch of rabbits. There was two oh, of them no. in there. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's my record. I can't recall ever killing a squirrel. I've seen plenty dead in the street, but the rabbits. Mm. They're all me. Oh, the rabbits are far worse. They're way cuter than squirrels. It was so fucked, man. There was one time I was so pissed off in college. Me and Emily were, were driving down the road and a Rottweiler went sprinting across the road. And like, I just narrowly missed it. So we pulled off to the side of the road and we're trying to catch the dog as it was sprinting back and forth across the road. And another car came and sped around my parked car, basically in the middle of the road. And hit the dog as I was standing there trying to save it. That was rough. Uh, This is all your fault, Michael, talking about this shit. I don't know why we did this. Welcome to our (laughs) depression podcast. Let's talk about boobs. Andrew arrives at his apartment and heads out onto the deck that he has that overlooks the, the pool area. There are a bunch of other apartments that also overlook this area. And one of them is the home of the bird lady from the original Home Alone movie because this woman has one million birds and she's just walking around on her deck with topless and it's hilarious and great. Yeah, I just I wish nudity wasn't such a big deal, man. Like, can't these stupid God-loving fucks who control the major networks realize that it's far better to show a titty than a dude getting stabbed through the ribs? And this is why I hate Christians. It's a bad look. There's no reason women shouldn't be able to walk around topless if they want to. Agreed. Agreed. Nipples are harmless. They are. I've seen men with bigger breasts than half the women I know at the gym. Mm. I have bigger breasts than this woman in the show. Just kidding. I don't, I don't go to the gym. But still, it's a travesty. Travesty. (laughs) Yeah, but for a woman who looks like she's at least 70, she's not bad looking. (laughs) She's not 70. No. She's over 60. Easy. No. Yes. 100%. Early 50s. False. You can tell by the way she massages the doorknob later like it's a cock. That's not something you do. Nah. No, 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 no. You don't think so? This lady's at least 60s, if not 70s. I'm going late 50s. I'm definitely going late 50s, but in the 50s for sure. Yes. Yep. In the 50s. You're you're overruled, Dave. Yeah. Well, so she's just wandering around. Andrew Garfield is sitting on his deck just uh, watching her with some binoculars awkwardly. His mom calls at this point. He continues to look at this old naked woman who's probably the age of his mom. And they just have a chat about his work. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm at work right now, which is obviously a lie. So cool. Lie to your mom. Nice. 
She gives him a virtual hug. And then a girl walks down to the pool with her dog. She's wearing a, a white bikini. She's much more attractive than the 100-year-old woman that we just saw on, the, on, the, on her deck. And she has a little dog with her. And they just kind of walk up to the pool with a boombox, just hanging out, letting the music play. She gives the old lady a good finger for trying to tell her to turn down her music. And Andrew Garfield's a fan. This song seems important. It's played like multiple times in the ends that we see. I didn't notice that it was the same song as other songs. Yeah, multiple times. So I well, it's, mm. it's something. I think it's a dope song, just for the record. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it the first time, but then after multiple times, I was like, yeah, okay, the song's pretty good. It grows I'll up. agree with that. Yeah, so there is a knock at his door in his apartment, which causes the girl to look up at his balcony and see that he is staring at her with a pair of binoculars awkwardly. Honestly, he's only like maybe 50 feet away. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... What are the binoculars for, man? Like, you need to get your eyes checked. Yeah, you got to get that bikini line, man. He's trying to get a close-up <laughs> on those nipples. Yeah, yep. trying to get them them nips. Is there stubble near the edge of the bikini line? That's what he's looking for. That's important, yeah. Yep. Okay, understood. So, <laughs> they, so this other girl has come to fuck. She brought sushi, and then they have sex, and it was great. Was it great? Was well, it mean, great, though? <laughs> we saw Andrew Garfield's ass and this girl's like tiny breasts that are hanging down because they're they're doing it doggy style. And she kind of like her boobs turn into these like sheets of paper that are kind of flapping back and forth in the wind. And they point different directions. Yeah, it was very odd. But they have sex. They talk about a Kurt Cobain poster that he has on the wall while while they're banging. They talk about the news while they're banging. It's all it's all very, uh, very nonchalant. And there's tennis playing at first, though. The sex was super transactional. Agreed. She brought lunch to pay for the dick. Yep. That's yep. how you do it. And sex for me is a lot like tennis, actually. So I, I liked that. There was a listen. There's a lot of panting. My balls make a racket. And I always feel like I'm going to pass out when I'm done. <laughs> it's tennis. Yep. <laughs> what I especially love about that joke is at the end where you just say tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I got to let it sink in. Something important to note in the news coverage that we do see, we learn that some billionaire named Jefferson Sevens has gone missing. So that's important. Yep. That comes back later. But they lay in the bed. Uh, she's still naked. He's still wearing clothes awkwardly. They look at his Playboy magazine that's sitting on the side. It's apparently his favorite issue that he stole from his dad when he was a kid. The girl stumbles upon some sheets of paper that Andrew Garfield had, had written on. And as soon as she finds them, he like f loses his mind and freaks out and takes them from her and hides them somewhere. He's, she's apparently not supposed to see whatever that is. But they chat about masturbation for a little bit and what their, uh, what their first masturbation stories are. You know I'm going to ask you and, and show, I guess now you know that I'm going to ask you, do you remember the first time you masturbated? Not all at once. Uh, <laughs> like the the first time? No. But there are some memorable ones for sure. Sometimes you just knock it out of the park. And you'll mm -hmm. remember those ones. Nobody yeah. fucks you like you do. Yeah. I don't remember the first time I masturbated. I do remember the first time I looked at porn. And it was because I was doing a report for school. And I searched whitehouse.com. Mm -hmm. It's not for school. Really? It, it is also, I mean, it. I, I don't know if this website even existed. It was like a janky-ass porn website. Did you spell house like hose? No. Whitehose.com? It was whitehouse.com. Uh, okay, interesting. But everything White House related is .gov, so... Mm. Makes sense. But yeah, so that was uh, that's the first time I stumbled upon porn. I don't remember the first time I, uh, I, I took it to town, you know? 
Yeah, I don't remember the first thing I masturbated to specifically because I tried wrangling my dick before it actually did anything for years. How long were you fucking around with your dick before it even had the capability of... One time my parents left me home alone when I was, I think I was like 11 or 12. And I just, I was going at it for like five hours straight one night. And it was like squeezing an empty tube of toothpaste. Like nothing's coming out. It doesn't matter how much you squeeze the tube. And and that and that was that night. But did it? Okay, hold on. Uh, nope. I'm not letting you just skate by that one. Did it like, did it feel good to the point of, okay, I'm going to keep doing this? Yeah. Or was it just like, you were just like, well, trying to milk a the, cow and it wasn't happening? It, it felt good for the first 20 minutes. And then like three hours in, it was like, then it just started yeah, chafing. Then, then it's really mad. dry. Yeah, I was just yeah. mad at it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I actually ejaculated, and now I want to be very clear with this, it wasn't too the truncated music video for Destiny's Child Survivor on TRL. That just happened to be on the TV. And I just, I had to crank something up so my parents couldn't hear. And that, it happened to be right after school when TRL was on. I was already done before we got to Kelly Rowland's verse. It was just all all Beyonce in my ears. And right. uh, I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. <laughs> so wait, though, did you have like a porno mag or something? Or were you just jerking off to your imagination? Just imagination, man. That's how powerful my Jedi skills are. Listen, you were far too powerful at a young age, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Bravo. That speaks a lot to the the imagination that we get to experience on a weekly basis here in the center cut. <laughs> <laughs> so after their chat, we're in a car next and Andrew Garfield, who I don't think I've said yet, his name is Sam in the movie. So I'm just going to call him Sam from now on. He heads to a bookstore and purchases a small a zine or a small pamphlet called Under the Silver Lake. And the bookstore clerk is like, well, this is weird, but then agrees to pass Andrew's number along to the author because apparently he is a, a local folk. David idea incoming mm-hmm. when we inevitably start our patreon for the show we should have a free tier for anybody that signs up called okay sure but i don't need your five dollars like why does he say it like <laughs> such a weirdo <laughs> yes but at the same time who says hey can you do me a favor and pass my number along to this person here's five dollars that's also a weird thing to do no if i'm gonna ask someone a favor i'm gonna try to incentivize them to do the favor you've never offered to give me money for any favors that i've done for you <laughs> Well, if you guys are already friends, he doesn't have to grease the wheels. Exactly. Oh, I understand. Thank okay. You. Yeah. Smart man. Why we invited you on. Hey, no. <laughs> I do what I'm here for. I appreciate it. Did you notice that he was like, not annoyed, but like confused? Did he look confused to you? Yeah. 100%. For okay. sure. Okay. Carry on. But on his way home, Andrew Garfield uh, sees a skunk just kind of wandering around his apartment complex. Nothing to worry about. Apparently, that's a common thing in these parts. Yep. And he sees pool girl's dog pooping on the sidewalk all by itself. And so he stops to, to pet it and to give it a treat. And she comes out and tells us that the dog's name is Coca-Cola. And they talk about the fact that his dog died recently. Yeah. And she mentions dependable as sunshine, I think, as the Coke slogan. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up to make sure it actually was. It was. It was the slogan for the year 1953. So I'm thinking that that's the key to one of the ciphers. I have another reference to 1953 coming shortly. Oh, wow. I do. Okay, then. So she invites him inside. They have a drink. They talk about masturbation as well. It seems to be a common topic around these parts. Dave, his green cup is from Ikea. Oh, cool. Yep. We have two of them. And Ikea makes cheap cups and plates and shit. So a lot of movies and TV prop departments use them. And it's a game that Ashley and I have. We're really good at like recognizing Spawning Ikea dishes. Ikea. Yeah. So and every time we see them, we're like, oh, that's an Ikea glass. Oh, that's an Ikea bowl. Look, cheap silverware. Yep. 
It's a fun game. So yeah, they they finish talking about masturbation and they decide to get stoned and watch old movies. Specifically, they watch How to Marry a Millionaire. I did some research about this movie. This movie was made in 1953. All right. So she's into the she's into the 50s. She likes her grandmother. And in the film, Betty Grable, Marilyn Monroe and Lauren Bacall are three models who rent a huge apartment in New York with the plan of luring in and marrying wealthy men. That's the whole plot of that movie that they were watching for a few seconds. Perfect. But awkwardly, the camera kind of pans from the TV that they're watching the movie on. And there are three dolls standing there. They all have little like name tags standing next to them, and they're each labeled as Betty, Marilyn, and Lauren after the three girls in, in the movie. But also underneath each name has some like weird hieroglyphics. They're like backwards letters and numbers and shapes, and it's very weird. That's that code talk. Mm-hmm. Sarah eats some saltines with orange juice and says that it tastes real good, so I'm going to have to try that. They kiss, apparently, so that he can also taste the saltines and orange juice. And then as they're kissing, her her roommates come home and she's like, oh, got to go. Bye. And he's like, wait. And that's the end of our first 15 minutes. Listen, I've never seen Andrew Garfield in anything. And I, I know I know he's in the Spider-Man movie. I didn't see it. But does he always talk like this? He does because like he has he has an English accent in real life. So that's his American accent. He just he's always talking like a 15 year old does when they're trying to talk on the phone to their crush at 11 p.m. under the blankets so their parents don't hear. <laughs> he always just sounds winded. Like you just ran the mile. I think that you're cute. You want me to make you a mixed CD? <laughs> I hate it. I don't like it. I don't like the way he talks. He doesn't exactly talk like that in Spider Man, but I think they, uh, I think they paid him enough for him to talk louder. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The last 15 minutes starts at two hours and 19 seconds. Sarah, the neighbor girl that we met in the first section, says hello. But the catch is that she's on the screen of a suitcase Zoom call and. She's talking to Sam through an old timey looking phone on the video. I was confused by this because as far as I can tell, this is current times. Yes. Like he had an iPhone. Maybe this isn't a real call, though. Like, Oh, you're saying this could be like a, a hallucination or a dream or a- or she's dead or she's in this other alternate world and you need this like special phone to reach her. Doubt it. OK, but maybe beyond the suitcase. There are a bunch of women and one hippie looking dude wearing all white. And we see later that we're in like a treehouse hut. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sam is dressed exactly like the kid at the end of E.T. with a red hoodie. <laughs> and on the screen behind Sarah in what looks to be a living room are a man and two women watching TV on a couch. And one of the women is completely naked, not just like topless or bottomless, just completely nude. And brushing her teeth. This has been an exciting movie for me because typically on our ends of the 15 minutes, we almost always only see dicks. <laughs> and then when we talk to a guest like show, they're like, oh, yeah, there's like there's tons of sex and stuff and like boobs and everything. But it's all in the middle. All you see is a penis. But this time we actually like got to see other stuff for once. Six breasts. Six breasts and a, and a Garfield ass. Yep. Not the cat. I love that you counted the six breasts. I mean, it's easy math, but I just, I love that it's there. Yeah, but she's she's naked and brushing her teeth, and I have brushed my teeth naked once, never again. You get crest on your penis one time, and it's over. You don't you don't let that happen again. <laughs> That's your problem. I'm a Colgate man. <laughs> so the conversation they're having is ludicrous. Sam says. She's going to die down there. And when he asks if that's what she wants, 
She says she's going to get the phone in the other room, which is great for us because the naked woman is in charge of hanging up the phone, which equals free B and V shots. The hippie dude tells Sam their chamber was covered in a mountain of concrete, so they're not getting out. What? Like, what are we talking about? I think these people were buried alive in this place. Mm, It's too literal. I don't know. They talk some more. Sarah's going to make the best of it. She wonders if Sam has thought about getting a new dog, to which he says no, basically. And then they say bye. What a weird bye. (laughs) Like the BYE, right? Yeah. What else do you think? Well, it could be hate speech. (laughs) One of the hippie girls (laughs) question, are these four white robe people, the Jesus and the Dracula Brides band that we see Sam have a magazine of a couple times? No. Or are they just other people? Because they kind of other look like people. A, the, there's no. three women and a dude. That's what the this band definitely is. isn't the same Jesus. Uh, Am I allowed to say? I mean, you're allowed to say. Sure. I don't think it'll give anything away, but it's not the same. I still think it is, but maybe. <laughs> one point, David. We'll see. We haven't got there yet. Mark it. Anyway, one girl tells Sam about a dream she had last night, basically about swimming and dying. And it's also eerily similar to the lyrics from the song Sarah played at the pool in the beginning. There's lyrics about like swimming underneath and dying. I'm on to something. Here's a question that I don't think spoils anything. Is that song Jesus and the Dracula Brides? Yes, it is. All right, fine. One, one. So one of the other dirty foot bitches is Shoshana from the show Girls. And the dude basically tells Sam that he's wasting his time being materialistic. And then the hippies go to sleep. There must have been something in Sam's tea because he gets up to go, but he falls to the ground like a limp snake and starts to take a nap, basically. So I don't know if this is code or if this is just a mistake in the cinematography, but we see a shot of him while he is on his call and the cup is on his right side. And then we see a shot when the call is hanging up and the cup is on his left side and then he drinks it and it's back on his right side. Maybe. Anyway, in his euphoric state, as he looks toward the entrance of the hut, a hatch opens up out of the dirt, out of nowhere, and a dude who looks like if the sewer king from Hey Arnold was in a local theater performance of Stomp with a Burger King crown pops out and he does the same stupid half whisper wimp boy speech style as Sam. So my guess is that he's part of Sam or is in Sam's head. He says that they knew Sam was here because they smelled him naturally and fade to black. And now we're in an underground fraggle rock looking man-made cave and Sam is chained to a chair, much to his dismay. Rat King tells Sam the hippies are now in an ascension chamber. Their hut was underwater. What kind of dream world Mulholland Drive bullshit is this? I hate that movie and I don't want to talk about it ever again. I'll ask you. You can answer. Maybe maybe you can answer. Maybe you can't. Are they underwater? Are they underwater? Who's they? The hut people. Are they underwater? I don't think I can answer. Okay. All right. Interesting. That makes me more intrigued. What the fuck is going on in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just want to watch a movie and understand it. And like, it can have a, a weird twist at the end. I'm fine with that. But like, why does the whole fucking movie have to be a twist? Why? <sighs> so the Rat King, who, by the way, his trash cape is held together with a bungee cord and he has a dead ferret wrapped around himself. Kind of into it. <laughs> he looks great. The The <laughs> costuming on that guy is fantastic. Honestly, he's a, one of my favorite characters. So he tells Sam that he messed up and shows him that they, whoever they is, found dog biscuits in his pocket, which... I think is credence for him being the dog killer. We have a question about that later. We'll get there. But he claims they were just in his pocket because he wanted to get back with Sarah. And he thought if he just could pet her dog, it would fix everything. 
as stupid as that sounds, any obsessive person who ever wanted to get back with an ex understands. There's no logic. Like your brain just creates these faulty blueprints of buildings that will never be. And you chase that. Like you eschew your brain for what's left of your heart. And God, it must look so ugly from the outside. Well, it looks like this. It looks like carrying around dog biscuits in your pocket. You you look like a lunatic, but I get it. That was deep for like a second. That It was. <laughs> I was like, wow. I didn't know the show was like this. It can be. I love it. Anyway, his answer was apparently sufficient because the refuse royalty lets him go. And we see Sam eventually come up through a large storm drain. He walks back toward his house. And on the way, he sees a billboard that is half a woman with text that says, I can see, which is cut off. And because it's halfway through being painted over, the other half of the face is a purple tinted Ronald McDonald with a giant hamburger with the text, hamburgers are love which I can't argue. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. It's the most irrefutable statement this movie makes. Honestly. So on the the bottom of the billboard, bottom left corner, there's an E equals EE, and that has got to be something for a larger code. I'm going to have to go back and watch this insane thing. I think I am. No, no, you definitely have to go back and watch this insane thing, especially I think you'll want to after we get through the questions. I'm going to watch a five-minute YouTube video of... What does Under the Silver Lake mean? Okay, so since this has quickly become one of my favorite movies, I've watched all of those, and it still doesn't contain the bonkersness of this movie. I'll probably go back and watch it out of spite. (laughs) So Sam walks past the coffee shop with the Beware of the Dog Killer sign, and that damn song is playing again. He's back at his apartment. There's a giant red double diamond painted above his door in his apartment and he seems to think nothing of it so i'm guessing that he did it i'd agree with that he must have stopped by a store on the way home because he puts saltines and oj on his counter on the tv is a black and white movie with text that reads i'm not used to being happy it's funny it hurts i'm afraid never look down always look up we get a neat shot of his coffee table there's many things on it including but not limited to a super mario brothers nes cartridge the special playboy the Dog Killer comic, two magazines referencing Jesus and the Brides of Dracula, a book titled The I-5 Killer, a bunch of open beers, a book titled The Code Breakers, and a Nintendo Power magazine. Dude, you need a maid. It's every prop this movie purchased. Yep. It zooms in, and we also see Sarah's cufflink thing from the beginning, and then we get a shot of his lap with a gun beside him and a VCR remote and a Polaroid of Sarah on each leg. The loose titty neighbor's bird sounds off. Now's a good time. So what is it saying? We had a question from Reddit about this here from Jster1752, who is now a repeat offender. We love you, Jster1752. What is the parrot saying? I think it's saying, fuck you for watching this movie. No. It kind of sounds like Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Interesting. I didn't get that at all. You think it's saying Sarah? Yeah. See, I think it's saying Hollywood. I think it's saying Hollywood. It's either that or Bollywood. And I didn't see any Indians, so it's more likely to be Hollywood. But speaking of Bollywood, just real quick, (laughs) I had a vivid dream once. And for anybody new listening, my dreams are fucked. My brain is a spoopy place. So in my dream, wife Ashley and I got in this knockdown drag out fight, like screaming, hitting, you name it, because she swore on her life that Bollywood was spelled with a silent C. Now, she ended up like the fight ended because she poked me in the eye, which I think was the point of the dream. It was all just a setup for me to get poked in the eye because in real life, I think my eye was hurting. 
So my brain like concocted this way of connecting it all, complete with like the silent C. You think that your brain is Peter Lynch? <laughs> Come on. You mean David Lynch? David Lynch. Peter, Peter Lynch. Lynch is the stock picking guy. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, David Lynch. I see. I didn't even bother to remember his name. Anyway, no, if it's not Hollywood or Bollywood, I think it could be murderer referring to Sam as the dog slaughterer. Maybe that could fit. Yeah, I think it's either Hollywood, Bollywood or murderer. Probably not Bollywood. That's the distant third. All right. So it's actually not really known what the bird is saying. No, it's not ever been made public. But the Reddit community at large believes it to be saying not a friend. But when I heard it, I heard murderer also. Mm, not a friend. Not, not a, a friend, friend is what the girl says in the beginning that it could be saying. Mm. Yeah. As like a joke, because I don't think she wants to be Sam's friend anymore. I don't, I don't want to give anything away for why I think that it could be saying not a friend. But I, when I hear it, I hear murderer. And my thoughts are along the same lines as Mike to a degree. Okay. So there is no answer, but I didn't hear Sarah. I think it's too long to be Sarah, Dave. I don't know. Anyway, so Sam decides it's time to go check out the parakeet and share a skeet with its owner. Do you like that? <laughs> share a skeet? I wrote that myself. <sighs> She's like, hell yeah, I'll do you. Thought you'd never ask. Well, she doesn't actually say that, but you can see it in her middle-aged lady eyes. Something about this interaction makes me feel like it's happened before, actually. You think so? I thought it was yeah. the first time. Mm. I just thought it felt like it was familiar. Okay. They do it. I think Mm -hmm. she says that he smells like patchouli and even she doesn't know what her bird says. I think that's the point. Sam goes out on the porch for a post coitus sig, which enough with that nasty trope. Like I've done sex a number of times in my life. And if anybody had ever dared light up a Marlboro or even a clove cigarette afterwards, I would have rolled them off the mattress like a taquito and said, get the fuck out with your trashy tar mouth. Ugh. (laughs) Ugh. (laughs) Why is it a thing? No one really does that. No one that I've ever been with does that. (laughs) Even a clove. So first and foremost, I think that there are a few assumptions here. There are assumptions that in the media, they make it feel like sex is way longer than it actually is. So like someone who is addicted to cigarettes, if they had to go that long without a cigarette, they would want one. You've just never run into that because I would assume most of your sexual adventures last five, ten minutes tops. So, like, I just assume that's the reason you never ran into someone who needed to smoke after. I feel very mad that you would think that about me. But but anyway, anyway, (laughs) good comeback. Got him. I'm so I'm just so mad about it. (laughs) So Sam sees a cop and I'm guessing a detective go into his apartment. And the detective is especially pissed off about the painted diamond on his door. He's real mad. Big mad. Yeah, he turns around. He's like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) That's really great. Sam looks proud as a peacock. Fitting because he's chilling with his winged folk. And then the movie ends and R.E.M. starts playing over the credits. Just like that. What a movie. Now, before we get into the many questions that we have, which I'm excited to beat Dave with. Probably. Let's hit up a center commercial. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop like friend of the show Cindy and her doodleist sticker shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. 
and you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. If you listen to our episode on Season 1 of You, you know I'd be slanging them old books. I literally go to the post office at least four days a week. They know me by name. I don't even have to ask for media mail anymore. They just start ringing me up. It's time out of my day I'll never get back. The light fixtures are full of dead bees. And most importantly, it costs me money and eats into my bottom line. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with our promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. That's Stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. All right. Showtime, Yo. you are the man and you came up with many questions for us. But before we get to that main course, we also have some questions from some Reddit folk about the middle. We're going to answer those. We're just going to start our quiz off now. David, there's going to be many points to be had. We're probably not going to get that many because of the way this movie is. Very few, I think. But I'm excited. Showtime, are you ready? I am ready. So uh, first question from Reddit. Is the whole movie a dream or is it real? And this comes to us from Hello Kitty underscore Warrior. If this isn't real, I want my money back. Like having an entire show or movie be a dream is the ultimate cop out. And this is coming from somebody who loves dreams. I just think visual media is a form of a dream in itself. Like you're just watching somebody else's dream. So to then pull the meta rug out from under you is bullshit. So I think for my sanity's sake, it's real. I'm going to say real as well for all of those same reasons, but also because we watched the beginning and the end of this movie and neither of those reference the fact that it could be a dream. And if those didn't happen, then this question is a hypothetical. So we can't be wrong anyways. You guys can't be wrong because this question is a hypothetical. There's nothing in the movie that happens to suggest that it could be a dream or couldn't be a dream. So it's real. While it is surreal, it's real. Okay, cool. So the next question is, who is the dog killer? Ah, yes, that comes into us on Reddit from DBG Camo. And I think it is Jefferson Sevens's oldest daughter because they show her when he is lost on the news and she looks so dead inside (laughs) that it can only be her. Ah, I think it's Sam. 100% makes too much sense. He lures them in with biscuits and bam, and then he buries them somewhere on the property, which is why there are skunks hanging around because they're just after all the dead dogs. Interesting. Okay, so the dog killer. The identity of the dog killer is never officially discussed in the movie. However, at the end of the movie, the Rat King references finding the dog biscuits. They found them. They know they'll be watching you. So I do believe that Sam is the dog killer. There are some other things in the movie that happen, but also I don't think that I can really say those right now without giving anything away. But I think that also in the research I did before this, it is widely accepted that Sam is the dog killer. He doesn't like dogs. His dog is dead. Dogs don't like him. I will widely accept the one point. Thank you. Ugh. See, <laughs> my ego kick in the esteemed guest. I think that Sam is a dog killer. So Sam's a dog killer. I'll accept that from our guest, just not from Michael. <laughs> the next question is also from Reddit. 
what is the deal with the songwriter? And this is from Lil underscore Peter one. Now, I assume Mini Peter is talking about a character and not the actual guy who did the music score. <sighs> I know you said that it's not, but I think a lot of this movie is open to interpretation. So I'm I, my guess is that the Hut folk are the Jesus band and that maybe that one dude who has the three non-Ugg women under his thumb is the songwriter. And I think his deal is that he's an excellent sex giver. Like, how else are you going to get dirty foot bitches like that sleeping on the ground in a silly shape? and putting weird makeup on their face out in a cabana. Like, he's good at sex. That's his deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think the songwriter is writing the song for Jesus and his party. And I think that the songwriter believes that they can see the future. And that's the deal with the songwriter. The songwriter believes that the songwriter themselves can see the future? Yeah, like they think they can see the future and are writing songs for Jesus and the Brides of Dracula. If I was scoring this like as a teacher, then I would give you half a point. The songwriter does write songs for Jesus and the Brides of Dracula, but mm -hmm. that is not the entirety of the songwriter's deal. The songwriter okay. is like a, not a major character, but like a, a major force he did write a song for Jesus and the band, so I guess you get a point for that. I mean, I said he was a songwriter for the band, too. Half a point each? Do the points matter? One and a half to a half. All right. All right. The next question. How the hell did he not get wet at the pool party? Yeah, so that's from Simon the Thespian on Reddit, and I think he didn't get wet because Jesus parted it. Mm. I know that's not right. It's just what I want to say. Simon, it's called Billiards. The pool party for lame white people. And he got wet all right, especially when somebody showed up with an eight ball. Stupid pool jokes aside, I just don't think that he swam. He's a loner, Dottie, a rebel. I think this is like a question more about the film production. If I recall, there were several situations where he would have he would have been wet. And there was a time where he was wet. So he did get wet at the pool party. So this is like there's a random scene where all of a sudden he's dry and you think that they're kind of referencing that. I think that's got to be that's got to be what it yeah. is. So Simon the Thespian did not watch the movie. OK, so we get zero points. Thank you, Simon the Thespian. Next question. What happened to the map guy with the weird house? And that's from Oregano Sally. So map guy, Sam is clearly trying to find some sort of treasure or some shit with all the codes that he's trying to solve. Now, is the dumpster king not actually in Sam's head and he was the map guy? Sam maybe looked too far into things and got too close to some big mystery. That's the best that I can come up with. So what happened to him? Uh, he's now homeless. The map guy got lost. Succinct. That's it. Yeah, you're both wrong, but cool. Good try. <laughs> cool. Good, 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 uh, good. He dies. He's dead. Usually, when the question is what happened to the this person, they <laughs> they're usually dead. die. Yeah, they're dead. We should have used logic. Damn it, they're dead, or they had sex with the main character. For watching Outlander, it's always sex with the main character. The next question, also from Reddit, the main character danced with which girl at the bar? Yeah, so this question uh, comes through uh, from the same user, Oregano Sally. Uh, my answer is Sarah. I think that after the end that we see in the beginning of the 15 minutes, he convinces her to go to a bar and they uh, they have a fun night together before all hell breaks loose. I think it's Shoshana from Girls, one of those Jesus and the Dracula Brides backup singers in the hut, even though show says they're not them. That's how he gets in with that crowd. That actress is also the playwright David Mamet's daughter and other things that nobody listening gives a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of those white robed people. Okay. I just need to actually look to confirm because I don't know whether it was Shoshana or not, but the character's name is Balloon Girl. So I, 
I don't know if I can award a point without looking to see if that was the actress. Well, I mean, I did. I followed it up by saying one of the white robed girls. No, no, you can't say. (laughs) Okay, so my answer is one of the girls in this movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I don't think it's her. Damn it. All right. Fine. He dances with balloon girl. So (sighs) sorry. No points for anybody on that one. Uh, another question from Reddit. Where did the pirate lead him? Same user. And I think it's indirectly to that parrot lady's booty. <laughs> but also, I think this is sort of a trick question that I will explain further in a later question. But in short, the pirate gives him a map that leads him to that underground place. I think back to his apartment. I think it's the girl from the beginning that he has sex with, but she's auditioning for a new role where she's a pirate. And so she's dressed as a pirate now and she leads him back to his apartment because he did some drugs or is drunk or something. Ooh, I like that. I mean, the Reddit questions were really good because you guys stunk them up. Uh, <laughs> You're both wrong again. That's you assuming that we're going to answer yours correctly, which <laughs> probably not. The pirate. I can't exactly tell you too much about where he sure. led him. Yeah, I can't actually tell you. Sorry. Okay. Okay. But we're not right. Moral no. story is we are not correct. Yeah. Uh, you guys are not right. Yeah. Last question from Reddit. The drone footage showed the model doing what? Same user asking us another one. And I'm going to say that you could see a model getting locked in an underground base before concrete gets poured over the entrance. Hmm. I think it's eating a cheeseburger. I think it's the model from that billboard, and I think that makes it make more sense. I just don't know why else they would hang on that billboard so long. Even, I mean, the visual gag itself was cool, I guess, but I think there was a reason for it. I think that model was eating a cheeseburger. Okay. Reddit comes through again. Damn it. <laughs> You're both wrong. The drone footage shows the model getting undressed. Just so many naked women in this movie. I believe she cries also. <laughs> it's really a, a sad, perverted moment between Sam and the character that uh, Sam is with at that time. And they're watching the drone footage of this woman who's clearly upset. Wow. All right. Well, Reddit did us dirty. That was our appetizer. Now we're ready yeah. for the main course showtime. Okay. So what is the owl's kiss? And this this was also asked by Reddit user emergency-wealth9604. So this apparently is a good question. I think that it sounds like a cologne for old lesbians. Did you guys see that new Johnny Depp cologne commercial for Savage where he's playing guitar and there's a bunch of wolves? It, it's quite possibly the cringiest thing I've seen this I've year. I've seen that commercial. Oh, it's so bad. All scent commercials are out of control. <laughs> it made me think of this. So, owl's kiss. Yeah, owl's kiss. <laughs> when you want to be smelled, but you don't care by who. I actually think it's that tea that Sam and the white treehouse people drink to get all wobbly at the end. That's my actual answer. Okay. I actually kind of agree with you. I think that owl's kiss, it's the street name of Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Which is a hallucinogenic brew that's used by shamans and stuff. And it's made from tree bark, which uh, we have that that would make sense why it's called Owl's Kiss, because it's made from the bark of a tree. I like it. Oh, wow. That's a pretty cool uh, theory also, but wrong. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Damn it. I thought we, I thought we had it. it. Mike, you are also wrong. It is neither the tea they drink, nor is it a cologne for old lesbians. <laughs> 
so double wrong. Uh, the the owl's kiss is actually we're gonna we're gonna rewind to one of the other questions. What happened to Map Guy with the weird house? He died. He dies of the owl's kiss. Is that a disease? The owl's kiss is one of the stories in the zine that mm. you referenced earlier, and it's it's about an owl that comes into your house and kills you. Wow. The owl also has really nice tits. Oh. <laughs> Wow. All right. We've talked about boobs so much. I don't even know if that's a joke or real. Either way, it's fine. I'm going to find out when I watch the middle. Oh, no, it's real. So, so it's essentially like a, like a humanoid owl with breasts, but an owl head. I mean, yeah. Huh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, wh- way to deduce that <laughs> because I said tits, right? It's got to be because like regular. I mean, yeah. I mean, I assume tits. you're not talking about like actual owl tits well chickens have breasts and you can be like yeah that's a nice set of breasts on that chicken can't wait to eat them you know what i mean it's true yeah yep from now on whenever i have chicken i'm i can't wait to eat them them tits (laughs) i can't wait to eat them titties (laughs) (laughs) let me suck them titties baby (laughs) uh that was a song to a chicken okay uh next question is the homeless king actually a cop I think the homeless king used to be a cop. Then he retired and went like off the deep end. And now he's the homeless king. Interesting. He, I mean, he does kind of interrogate him at the end. It's a little cop-like. But I don't know. I tried to puzzle this in my head and connect it all. I just can't place him being a cop. So, I, no, I, I think he's either in Sam's head or he's a literal hobo. I don't think he's a cop. Okay. There's nothing in the movie that says he's a cop. I just think that he was like interrogating Sam in a weird way, like you were saying. And he seems to, in, throughout his part in the movie, have like information that it's cop like. He moves like a cop, kind of. Mm-hmm. I, like you, Dave, think he used to be a cop. Now he's the homeless king. So he's not a cop in this movie, but in all your fan fiction, he's he solves yes. crimes. And yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. In my personal headcanon. <laughs> so does Dave get. A point or half of a point or no points. Oh, I mean, because we think the exact same. And you are our esteemed guest. And I am your esteemed guest. He should get a half point. All right. He can have a half point. Fine. Okay. (laughs) But Mike, uh, to answer your question, the homeless king is definitely not in Sam's head. Okay. Provided that we're we're keeping with our stance that this whole thing isn't a dream. Because that's the only way the homeless king is in Sam's head. Okay. Okay. Wow. What was the blonde auditioning for? So I think she was auditioning for a play called Midsummer, and she is in a porno that is a version of Midsummer, where she is from New Zealand in a cult and gets fucked by a bear. Wow. Locked in. No, she had a German beer garden type outfit on. So some like schlocky sequel to that beer fest movie or something like that, or, or like a reboot of the man show or something, some like beer fest type movie. It's not a beer fest type movie, but she was auditioning for Rotterdam and uh, decided that because it sounded German, she should be wearing that beer festy thing. We could have maybe got that. We could have put that one together if we really tried hard. Yeah. I just thought she was just saying like gobbledygook that didn't mean anything. What's the bird saying? Flippity gerb. <laughs> <laughs> This one is it's super easy. Uh, I didn't realize that. Well, I actually never noticed the poster. But what's the name of Jesus's band? 
Yeah, we mentioned a couple times. Though no, this is important because I think me and Dave are going to say things differently here. I think it's Jesus and the Dracula brides. Dave? I think it's Jesus and the brides of Dracula. Uh, Dave is correct. Jesus and the brides of Dracula. Damn it. That's what you get for trying to be all fancy. You get a lead. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> all right. Well, it's two to one and a half. What was the name of the zine? The zine that we saw was under the Silver Lake. So I'm assuming that that was that one. I, I'm mad because I know I know this was shown in one of the ends. I, I think it was on his coffee table as well. And I just I don't remember what it said. And I was too cheap to go rent this again to see what it was. Damn you, Dave. I'm going to guess the Silver Lake Times. Uh, it's, it's under the Silver Lake. Damn it. All right. Three to one and a half. Who is Millicent's father? I think this one is is Jefferson Sevens. I think Millicent is a Sevens. Agreed. She sounds rich. It's got to be Sevens. Lock it in. Lock it in. You're both correct. Yeah. All right. What type of cereal did the map come out of? All right. I teased this earlier. What cereal has a pirate? Captain Crunch, baby. The answer is Captain <laughs> Crunch because the, there was a pirate. Where did the pirate lead him? The pirate was Captain Crunch. That's where he got the map from. Oh, wow. The pirate is Captain Crunch. I say Lucky Charms because it's in the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm. <laughs> well, it's not Captain Crunch and it is not Lucky Charms. Damn it. No, it it is an in-universe cereal. Ah, uh, oh. okay. Gotcha. So it's not something that we guessed even remotely. Right. No. Okay. Thought I nailed that. <laughs> All right. Uh, what sign is painted on the wall of the girl's bedroom? So I think it is the same sideways infinity symbol or that double diamond that we referred to earlier that is painted on the wall in Sam's apartment now. Yeah, I agree. I think it was that same double red diamond thing. And I, she's dead, right? Like, are we supposed to know that she's dead at the end? Is, is that what we're supposed to glean from that Samsonite FaceTime call? And I think that maybe maybe being under the Silver Lake, I think, is maybe code for being under the influence of drugs. And if you go low enough in your depths of your, your drug taking, you're buried under concrete. But basically, you overdosed and now you're dead. I took Under the Silver Lake as an actual bunker that was under a lake. Okay. It is a, it's a hobo code symbol, and it means keep quiet, actually. Ah, interesting. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Does he have it on that wall there so the birds see it and shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Sarah. <laughs> Sam definitely did not paint that. Oh, oh okay. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. And what kind of cookie did Sam eat at the secret show? This is the last question. What's the score? It's five to three and a half. So this question is worth one and a half points. Nope, 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 nope. I won. Ha ha. This question was also asked by Little Huge Guy. Little Huge Guy also asked how much of the cookie does Sam eat? So not only what cookie, David, how much of it does he eat? Who eats part of a cookie? Also, don't even try and make that into a two-point question because it's I mean, not. it is kind of nope. two questions. Nope. Nope. So what's the answer, Dave? Oatmeal raisin the whole thing. Who eats a part of a cookie? I think he eats an ookie cookie. I think Sam eats an Oreo, but he only eats the non-cream half. Like, he pulls it apart, and then he eats the cookie without the cream and throws out the other half like an actual monster. Okay, Mike, you made it a two-point question, right? Both yours are wrong. Uh, he doesn't eat an Oreo, <laughs> nor does he eat half. Oatmeal raisin, wrong, but he eats the whole thing because who eats half a fucking cookie? Damn straight. 
That's what I'm talking about. I just beat you even harder now. <laughs> oh, that feels good. It was your idea. Yeah. What? So what type of cookie does he eat? It's a cookie that's drugged, and he has a powerful trip. If Owl's Kiss was a hallucinogenic, then I was going to say a cookie laced with Owl's Kiss. Man, so I lost six to three and a half. That hurts. You got to watch the middle of this movie, though. I think we're going to have to watch it because this is one of the wildest, if not the wildest movie we've ever seen. The end. I mean, just for the <laughs> large titted owl, honestly. I didn't say they were large. I said they were great or nice. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. Good nipple ratio. <laughs> now, show we appreciate you being here and, and coming up with these questions and doing all this with us and, and, and bringing this movie to our attention because I probably would have never thought to have even watched it. We talked about it a little bit at the top. You know, you do so much stuff. But again, please take a moment. Tell everyone where they should check you out. The, I mean, the, the Monday karaoke alone is amazing. But but what 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 should people expect? What what, what do they need to come? Oh, see? my God. So you, you can check me out. Joe Grizzly 978 at everything at everywhere. Joe Grizzly 978. The real showtime on some things. Uh, you can find me there if you want to find me personally. But you have to look and you have to know how to spell showtime. That's S-H-O-T-Y-M-E, no W, no I. Uh, you can find me Monday nights live on Young Coffee, twitch.tv slash Young Coffee. The E's are threes. And like Mike was saying, the fourth Monday of every month we do karaoke. I actually did some backup dancing on this last uh, <laughs> last week's episode. You can check that out. It was, pretty, it, it was a pretty good time. I mean, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it check us out it's a lot of fun so i don't understand even how to set up a twitch so i've never actually been on the full twitch but i love watching all of the clips listen you'll be foolish to not take heed to what we're saying here go the hell check out showtime building some awesome shit over there it just keeps growing and growing i see all the stuff you guys are doing and uh i'm pretty jealous so obviously he's great we only have great people on this show and he was our esteemed guest absolutely it's true (laughs) (laughs) most esteemed guests We'd love to have you on our show to talk about your show. For sure. I love it. But thanks again, show. Appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, boy, David. I think all that is left is center counts. Oh, man. So I think I have a a way that I'm going to calculate this. So essentially, I'm going to start at zero and then increase my score by one for every boob that I saw. Okay. I think I'm going to give it too high of a score, so I'm going to have to change that to giving it a half a point for every boob that I saw. Okay. We saw the girl in the beginning, the old lady, and then we saw the girl in the bunker, whatever you want to call it. So that's six breasts. So I give it a score of three. All right. No other arguments. Succinct. I'm going to give it a five, a five out of seven. You would. I was very close to giving it a six as well. I love weird shit. I definitely love movies and shows with puzzles and Easter eggs. And I think I just hate the way that Andrew Garfield talks. He talks and acts like he's 14, and I just want to punch him so hard in the face. It's horrible. It really took it down from a high a higher score for me. I still get to five out of seven. Have some conviction when you speak, goddammit. And the music cues are equally ridiculous and awesome. I hate them. You hate them? Okay. Well, you don't like weird stuff as much as I like weird stuff, I think. And... I would be lying if I said I wasn't tempted to pull out my credit card to rent this damn thing again to watch the middle. I I might have to. I might rent it for a third time to watch the middle. I think for me, this is going to be like Mulholland Drive in a way that I disliked it so much that I need to go back and watch the middle to try and make some sense of it, even though I know damn well I'm not going to. (laughs) You're not going to watch the middle or you're not going to make sense of it? 
I'm not going to make sense of it. I'll watch the middle because there's a, I would say an 85 to 90% chance that I see more breasts, but I'm not going to like it other than the breasts. All right. Well, that's it. That is Under the Silver Lake. And again, check out Showtime, whether you check out some of his music under the Joe Grizzly moniker or you check out the YDD show over on Twitch on the Young Coffee Network. You'll be pleased either way. And feel free to also mail me Skittles. Thank you. David, this was a pleasure. What do we have coming up next? Next week, we have the last episode for season two. That isn't the uh, the other thing. Oh, no. I know. It's our last center chat for this season. We're going to be discussing if we would rather own 10 parrots or one skunk. Mmm. Pet talk. I like it. Pet talk. Ooh, baby. Well, what's coming up after the center chat, Dave? After the center chat, the Wednesday after is going to be November 17th, and it is going to be the second annual Golden Gorilla Penis Awards. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm more excited for this than maybe any other episode we've ever done. Yep. It's going to be great. The material is wider. The penises are smaller. It's going to be a blasty blast. Sure is. And as always, if you have feedback, send it to the center cut cast at gmail.com. Yep. Or hit us up on all our socials. You know, you can you can check out the Insta page to weigh in on center chats and other weird, annoying disagreements that me and Michael have. <laughs> Let us know who's right. Spoiler alert, it's almost always him, but it's because he's like the masses and I'm my own person. Wow. Uh, wow. But yeah, do all that stuff on all the socials. We're everywhere. Yes, please. And I, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our good friends over at Damn Fine TV. Jasmine and Mel's recently started a Patreon and you should go check it out. You all know that I'm far too cheap to do anything like that. But you're better than me, people. So head over to their Instagram at DamnFineTV, and there's a link in the bio. Well, but you're far too cheap to contribute to their Patreon. Correct, yes. But you are not too cheap to eventually start a center cut Patreon. Correct. We'll we'll, we'll be talking to y'all Someday. in the future at some point. And we have all kinds of exciting things that we're hopefully going to do when we do it. So get excited. Yeah. For some time in the very far future. Yeah. Woo! All right, David. I have nothing else. You have well. You got to do your closing. Well, yeah, I kn- I know how oh, the show okay. works. Yeah. Thanks. Where nothing can ever be wrong again, it's always better in the center. <laughs>